Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Imblex Test Prep Podcast. My name, of course, is David Merlino. I am your host on this wonderful, fabulous, amazing journey through the massage and bodywork licensing exam. So before we get started, I have some incredible news, incredible for me, hopefully incredible for you too. The 2019 version of my study guide has been released. It's out there in the open, ready for you to go pick up. Uh, it is titled Imblex Test Prep Complete Study Guide for the Imblex. All you have to do is go to my website, imblextestprep.com. At the top of the page, you'll see a little link that says study guides. Click on that, and that'll take you directly to the page where you can purchase it. You do have to purchase it through Amazon. For the time being, I'm in the process of getting it kind of moved over to my own website. Um, so definitely um, have an Amazon account, and that's where you can pick it up. It's priced at an intro it has an introductory price i should say of 49.99 usually uh it's 59.99 so definitely go and take care of that uh cash in on that deal while it's still available uh because it's not going to last forever so uh speaking of amazon if you have purchased any of my study guides or if you purchased the 2019 edition of my study guide, which is now available. Just go to inblastestprep.com. Reviews on Amazon are always appreciated. So if you could leave me a review of uh, any book that I have ordered or I have written (laughs) that you have ordered, uh, that would be really appreciated. Reviews go uh, a really long way towards helping me make a living, providing for my family, Um, and just being able to make it in this crazy world. I'm just one guy trying to make it in this crazy world. And one final piece of news, uh, I am now opening a publishing company. Uh, So if you have any works that you would like to get published, uh, definitely send me an email. My email address is david at imblextestprep.com, and we will see what we can do. Uh, try to send me a, a sample of what you want to get published uh, and we'll try to work it out. Um, so that's it for the news. Uh, like I said, new book is available right now. Go to inblextestprep.com, find a study guides link, order it through there, through Amazon. Um, and uh, I'm going to take a quick break really quick. And when we get back, we will get started. Right, so today we are going to talk about muscle contractions. Now, muscle contractions are something that you really need to know. The Mblex may or may not emphasize muscle contractions on quite a number of different questions, and it, it could be worded in a way where you don't realize they're asking you which muscle contraction we're talking about, but you could see terms like eccentric, concentric, and isometric uh, in the in the uh, in the test question itself, so you need to understand what all of those terms mean and what's happening with each one of those muscles. Because you could, you could get a question asking if this muscle does this, what type of contraction is occurring, and you you would need to know concentric, eccentric, isotonic, isometric, just to kind of distinguish between all of them. 
Okay, so definitely your muscle contraction is very important. Let's get started on that. Okay, so before we begin with the actual contractions themselves, we have some medical terms that we need to know. Okay, so with two of these muscle contractions, the name tells you basically what's going on with the contraction. Okay, so we'll start with the term ISO, the prefix ISO. ISO means same or equal. Metric means length. And tonic means tone or tension. Uh, in this case, we're going to, it'll, it'll be tension, okay? So in a couple of these, like I said, all you really have to do is look at the name and it basically tells you what's going on with that, okay? So something is going to stay the same and something is going to change. The name tells you what stays the same. So if you don't see the other term in the name, that tells you what's changing, okay? So we'll start with an isometric contraction, okay? So th think back to our terms, iso and metric. Iso means same, metric means length, okay? So what is staying the same in this contraction? The muscle length is staying the same, okay? So what is changing in this contraction? If the, if the muscle length stays the same and the muscle is contracting, the tension has to be changing, right? Okay, so in an isometric contraction, the muscle length stays the same and the tension increases. Okay, so an example, an example could be, um, let's say you've got a, a heavy object like this desk that I'm sitting at right now, even though I'm you know, really strong and can actually lift this. Let's just pretend I can. Let's just, or let's say I have a, a huge, huge boulder right in front of me. So I bend down, I put my hands under it and I try to lift it up. I've got tension in my muscles because I'm trying to lift it, lift that boulder up, right? But because it's so heavy, the length of my muscle isn't changing. It's staying the same. Does that make sense? I hope. So, I mean, just just try it right now. I don't know. Go, go try to lift up your car or something. Um, just put your hands under it. Try to lift it up. You can feel the tension in your arms as you're trying to lift it up with your arms, but the length of the muscle is staying the same. It's not changing because you aren't able to lift it. Okay, so that's one example of an isometric contraction. Another example is one I really hate doing, and whenever I'm actually teaching this stuff, I, I typically uh, demonstrate, and it's not very pleasant, but um, wall sits are an example of an isometric contraction where you put your back flat against the wall and then bring your hips into flexion, and you support yourself just by pushing back against the wall with your with your legs. So that creates an isometric contraction in your thighs, your quads, um, and re it's it's not very fun. <laughs> not not for me anyway. I'm sure there are people out there that can do it for 
for uh, minutes at a time, hours at a time, I'm not one of them. So uh, that's another example of an isometric contraction. Okay. So an, an, another example, really simple example, is just you know you having your body in the anatomical position and then kind of tighten up that muscle. Try to do it right now. Try try to try to tighten up your biceps without actually moving either of the joints that the biceps crosses, okay? So just contract. Or you can do it with your abs, right? You can contract your rectus abdominis without your trunk moving into flexion, right? So that's an example of an isometric contraction, okay? So we've got an isometric contraction. The length of the muscle stays the same. Then we have an isotonic contraction, okay? Iso means same, Tonic means tension. Okay, so if an isotonic contraction occurs, the tension in the muscle stays the same and the length changes in some way. It either gets shorter or longer. Okay, <clears throat> and the tension staying the same doesn't mean that there isn't an initial increase or decrease in tension. It's just when the amount of tension is reached that we require to perform either of these actions, um, then that amount of tension remains constant. Okay, So there are two types of isotonic contractions that you need to know. You absolutely need to know these. Drill these into your head. Okay, The first one is a concentric contraction. So... What's an example of a concentric contraction? Um, so I'm going to, let's say I, I have a, a dumbbell, okay? Grab it in my hand. I grab a dumbbell. And I perform a biceps curl, okay? So I lift up that dumbbell, bring my elbow into flexion, right? And what that does, the initial contraction um, of that muscle increases to the point where I have enough tension in that muscle to perform that action. Then once that amount of tension is reached, then that tension remains constant. Okay, So it goes from no tension to increased tension to constant tension. And then once that constant tension is reached, then the length of the muscle starts to decrease. Okay, so an ice or a concentric contraction is when the tension in the muscle stays the same and the length of the muscle decreases, just like doing a biceps curl. Okay, then we have an eccentric contraction. Okay, so concentric contraction, tension in the muscle stays the same and the muscle length decreases. Eccentric contraction is kind of the opposite. So we go from concentric, like that biceps curl, where the elbow is flexed. We need to put that weight down, right? We need to put that dumbbell down. So what we do is we then decrease the amount of tension that we need to perform that action. And once the amount of tension needed to lower it down has been reached, then that tension remains constant. Okay, so... An initial decrease in tension, and then we get that tension that we need, and that tension remains the same, so isotonic, and then the length of the muscle increases. 
Okay, so concentric, with the, if we're doing bicep curls, concentric, we're bringing it up. Eccentric is when we are bringing it back down, when we are lowering that weight back down in order to perform another concentric contraction. Okay, and just a side note, if you want to build muscle, you need to do these really slowly. Um, five seconds can, can, up to a concentric contraction, five seconds down with an eccentric contraction. Okay. So, so again, if we're doing uh, bicep curls, concentric contraction will flex the elbow, and then an eccentric contraction will extend the elbow back to your starting position. Okay, so concentric decreases the length of the muscle. Eccentric, you still have that tension in the biceps brachii, will increase the length of that muscle. Okay, so... It's basically just that easy. So isometric, the tension or the length of the muscle stays the same and the tension increases. Isotonic, the tension in a muscle stays the same and the length changes. Okay, then concentric, the length of the muscle decreases and tension remains constant. Eccentric, the length of the muscle increases and tension remains constant. So it's just that easy. Make sure you, again, get this drilled into your head. You need to know these muscle contractions and definitely practice these contractions. Uh, isometric, concentric, and eccentric. Practice all of them so you get them down. And there's nothing wrong with a little exercise either. So that's it for uh, for this little lesson. Uh, when we come back, question of the week. Now it's time for question of the week. Okay, here is this week's brand new question. Distal attachment of what muscle is located at the tibial tuberosity? A, biceps femoris. B, rectus femoris. C, sartorius. D, tibialis anterior. And let's just read that again. Distal attachment of what muscle is located at the tibial tuberosity? A. Biceps femoris. B. Rectus femoris. C. Sartorius D. Tibialis anterior. Okay, so this question might be a little confusing at first. So when we're talking about origins and insertions, uh, there can be other terms used for origins and insertions. So with origins and insertions, the origin for, for muscles that attach to a limb, the origin is going to be more proximal than the insertion, which means the insertion is going to be more distal than the origin. Okay, so when you see the term proximal attachment or distal attachment, it's asking origin or insertion. Okay, so the proximal attachment is the origin of a muscle. The distal attachment is the insertion of the muscle. So make sure you know that. So if you see proximal attachment or distal attachment, 
on your exam that you know what those are referring to, okay? So distal attachment, you can just replace that with insertion. Uh, insertion of what muscle is located at the tibial tuberosity. Okay, so with all four of these muscles, all of them attach to the tibia, okay? But only one of them attaches to, tibia, to the tibial tuberosity. Okay, so tibialis anterior originates on the tibia. It does not insert onto the tibia. So I can eliminate that one uh, right away. So, uh, so tibial tuberosity, just, just gone. Okay. Then we have three more muscles, biceps morus, rectus morus, sartorius. Okay. Sartorius inserts really close to the tibial tuberosity. Okay. Um, Oh, I, I did make a mistake. Actually, one of these does not attach to the tibia. Okay, so sartorius does insert really, really close to the tibial tuberosity, but it does not attach to the tibial tuberosity. Where it, where it inserts is just medial to the tibial tuberosity, a little spot. The tendon uh, itself is called the pes anserinus, which means goose foot because it looks like a goose's foot, and there are three other muscles that attach to that. Uh, or three muscles, period, that attach to that, including sartorius. We'll talk about that another time, okay? So sartorius does not insert onto the tibial tuberosity. It inserts just next to it onto the pes anserinus. Then we have, have biceps femoris and rectus femoris, okay? So with biceps femoris, you definitely know that it's the one of the hamstring muscles because you see the word femoris. Uh, now, what a lot of people do when they're rushing through tests this is why you always need to read every single test question multiple times uh, just to make sure you're not assuming one thing is something else. Uh, a lot of people confuse biceps femoris with biceps brachii. Uh, so you definitely have to pay attention to that second word just to make sure you know which biceps you're actually talking about, okay? So biceps femoris and rectus femoris, both muscles of the thigh. One is a member of the hamstrings, biceps femoris. One is a member of the quadriceps, rectus femoris. Now that alone, the that little piece of information might be enough to tell you which muscle it is. Think about where those muscles are in the body, what side of the body each one of those muscles are on. The biceps femoris is part of the hamstrings, which are on the posterior side of the thigh, right? Rectus femoris is part of the quadriceps, which are on the anterior portion of the thigh. And if you know where the tibial tuberosity is, then you can kind of match those up because it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for a muscle to... Um, you know, very few muscles actually start on the back and insert all the way onto the front of the body and vice versa. It, it's just, it, it's a really weird occurrence for something like that to happen. Okay. So that's one way to uh, get this question right. Uh, if you just know the insertion of biceps femoris, then you could get this question right because that you could eliminate that one. Right. Uh, if, if you know, that the uh, the name of the tendon that connects the quadriceps uh, 
to the tibia. Uh, think about the bone that's right there, right above the tibial tuberosity. Chances are that could give you your answer. There are multiple ways to get this answer, okay? Uh, so, biceps femoris inserts onto the fibula, the head of the fibula, okay? Which isn't even a part of the tibia at all. It has nothing to do with the tibia. It's right next to it, but not, not the tibia. Okay, so that leaves us with one answer, and that is rectus femoris, okay? So the distal attachment of what muscle It's located at the tibial tuberosity? The answer is B, rectus femoris. Again, biceps femoris inserts onto the head of the fibula. Sartorius inserts onto the pes anserinus. Tibialis anterior inserts onto the foot, the base of the first metatarsal, um, and the uh, medial cuneiform, of course. Uh, same spot that Peronius longus does, as a matter of fact. Just a little information there. Uh, so the answer is B, rectus femoris. Uh, and fun note, rectus femoris is a um, bipinnate muscle, and it is the only quadricep muscle that crosses two joints. All of the other ones only cross the knee. Rectus femoris originates on the anterior inferior iliac spine. It does cross the hip. And that's going to do it for today's episode of the Imlex Test Prep Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Once again, my study guide is available right now. And with that study guide, you get the, if you order it from Amazon, you get the Kindle version absolutely 100% free. Uh, so you can download that on your phone, on your iPad, on your tablet, whatever you, you got. You can take my study guide on the go with you. Um, you also get access to online video lectures. So it's like this, just an extended form where I go over everything. Uh, unlimited practice tests. I have over 2,500 practice test questions available online just for you uh, if you order my study guide. Online flashcards, which are awesome, unbelievably cool. You can actually make tests out of those flashcards too. Um, so it's even more uh, practice test questions for you. I have so much stuff on there. Uh, it is well worth the $49.99 introductory price for that study guide. Make sure you go out and pick it up. Tell all of your fellow students, tell your instructors too. I do offer bulk discounts for schools. So tell your instructor, Hey, this study guide really helps. Um, maybe order some for, for our class. Every little bit helps. And again, if you do order a study guide, please consider leaving a review of it on Amazon. Every single review helps. So until next time, I am David. You are my student. And I will see you uh, later. <laughs>